0: Welcome to Think Queerly. I'm your host, Darren Steele, helping people lead from their difference to make a difference. Think Queerly is a queer thought leadership podcast and a publication on Medium at thinkqueerly.com that dissects the status quo through critical analysis and thoughtful dialogue On the show, I talk about the unique and necessary social and cultural contributions that LGBTQ people offer humanity, and I share my evolving ideas about how we can create a more loving and accepting society for all people. Well, it's April the 1st, 2020, and it's no joke. It's no April Fools this year at all. Maybe the funniest thing I saw was while browsing Twitter, somebody wrote, why the fuck did I buy a 2020 day planner? (laughs) And over the last couple of weeks, I've been very transparent in putting up a couple of podcasts as well as articles speaking about how we can manage ourselves and perceive and understand all that's going on. Just reading the news here in Toronto, the uh, person who is in charge of uh, municipal health basically said, we might be in lockdown mode until the beginning of July for the next 12 weeks, a a massive surge of new cases were uh, reported today. And in part, that's because there's so many tests that are still in process. So it's a, a tough time for all of us to varying degrees. For some people, this is this is a really existential moment because there are, there is so much insecurity. Many of us are more fortunate. Maybe we have a home um, and we're able to survive off the funding and the assistance that's going to come from the government. And again, that depends on what country you're in. And from where I am now, what I hope to be able to do with today's episode is to offer some timeless wisdom in a pandemic. The issue of control and giving up the need for control. In the one of the last episodes I was talking about my program that I've created, What's Out of Your Control? And that's leading into how to create more trust and certainty. And I have that available in my Facebook group, and I've just put that also up um, on a platform where you can pay directly forward if you don't want to get into uh, a Facebook group, which I completely understand. But I want to read a verse from the Tao Te Ching about seeing things as they are without trying to control them. And why the Tao Te Ching? Well, Taoism is something that I'm fascinated by. It is a way of looking at the world that has nothing to do with religion or dogma, but it's a way of looking at the world through the natural world first, seeing the, and I put in quotation marks, the, the order of things and how nature functions and is a teacher to show us how we can exist and peacefully coexist with nature with ourselves and with others and the covid-19 pandemic is is a learning experience unlike any other that that most of us alive today have never experienced outside of perhaps being or having lived through or experienced any part of world war 2 or if any of the you know extreme situations that happened that are similar to that. Survivors of the Holocaust. Not even comparable. As I came out of my mouth, I just want to say that those things are, are different, and they are unique for what they are, but they are extreme moments in the history of civilization and the planet for which we have something to witness, to take from to learn, and to choose how we want to move forward and how we want to evolve. So, this is verse 29 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Stephen Mitchell, considered one of the most accessible translations in English. And I've read a few different translations, and this is definitely the most accessible, and it's, it's sometimes really useful to look at other translations to perhaps understand individual lines more fully, and the complexity of translation that might be based on something that is several thousands of years old. So I'm going to read this in full, and then I'm going to work through and speak to parts of it. So here we go, verse 29 of the Tao teaching. Do you want to improve the world? I don't think it can be done. The world is sacred. It can't be improved. If you tamper with it, you'll ruin it. If you treat it like an object, you'll lose it. There is a time for being ahead. A time for being behind. A time for being in motion. A time for being at rest, a time for being vigorous, a time for being exhausted, a time for being safe, a time for being in danger. The master sees things as they are, without trying to control them. She lets them go their own way and resides at the center of all things. So what does it mean when someone says, I want to make a difference in the world, I want to have an impact? I have said this countless of times, a number of times, I've I've written this in so many different forms, I, I can't even recall. The first two lines. Do you want to improve the world? I don't think it can be done. How do you respond to that? I think the truth here, the understanding or the witnessing here is that none of us can change the world. All we can do is to work on ourselves, is to change ourselves and how we as human beings relate to the natural world, the, the earth, the planet earth, and all of the other creatures and things that exist and inhabit the earth, from animals we use to eat, to the forest, to the planet that we use to create food for us to eat, or products for us to consume as a society and and make our lives better. The next line, the world is sacred. Now, from what I read and understand of Taoism, Taoism is not about religion or dogma or ideology. So in this case, the Tao is not suggesting that the world is sacred in any sense of religion. Rather, sacred, and and the choice of this word in the translation, I believe, is best understood as a sense of wonder, a sense of awe, something we will never be able to understand. Like the world, the earth, the planet earth— wow, how it even works. Uh, That we can drill miles down and find this product called natural gas or oil, or that we can mine into caves and find these rocks, which we can polish into diamonds, that we can find this metal that we've deemed to be precious called gold, that the ground can produce food for us to eat. And when we learn how to till it and manage it, we can have food in abundance. So the Tao means something like the way of life or the way of being. And it's not meant to be a religion, a dogma. It's not meant to be a practice. It's a way of being oneself by being one within the world or where and how you see yourself as being one with the natural world. So the next line, after the world is sacred, it can't be improved. So we can't change something so complex, organic, and as as old as, as the planet Earth. We're really only able to take from it. So it's, I think, one of the lessons that is not implicitly said, but is understood in this verse, is that Just like you can't change another person, you can only change yourself. So just like we can't change another person, they have to decide who they want to be, what they want to do. Likewise, we can't change the world, per se. We can only change ourselves, and how then we act, how we think, and what we do may influence others around us, which is this aspect of giving people perhaps a better philosophy, a better way of thinking, even if that's done indirectly by your own actions and how you lead yourself as if no one else is watching. So the next line in the Tao If you tamper with it, if you tamper with the earth, if you tamper with it, you'll ruin it. Wow. Climate change, pollution, you know, how we are depleting the resources of the earth without any mind or any heed for the fact that these are finite. There's only so much natural gas. There's only so much crude oil in the earth. There's only so many times we can use the soil on a farm before you have to let it rest or before you have to plant a different crop so that the nutrients will replenish. Otherwise, you kill the ground. There's only so much expansion we can do of a city before we start overtaking farmland and the best farmland. And then we start to see soil runoff going into Rivers and lakes and the ocean, and then suddenly we have no quality soil with which to farm. So we're tampering with the earth to the point that we're creating toxicity in our water, in our air, and we're creating excess amounts of waste through what we are taking from the planet and and creating in the form of various products. Consuming and then throwing away without turning them then into something that is useful, whether that be a compost or a soil or recycling a product so that it can be reused and it doesn't cost doesn't cause any kind of pollution, waste or toxicity. This next line is really for me a key. Wisdom. If you treat it, if you treat the world, if you treat it like an object, you'll lose it. So this is the sin of the ego. When it sees the world and anyone else, any other person, as a, in a, in a subject versus object paradigm or worldview instead of a subject-subject relationship. Now I'm going to come back to what I mean by subject-object or subject-subject relationships in just a moment. The pairing or the contrasting and comparing of lines near the end of the verse. There's a time for being ahead, a time for being behind, a time for being in motion, a time for being at rest a time for being vigorous, a time for being exhausted, a time for being safe, a time for being in danger. And this is the wisdom of the Tao, of the natural universe. These states of, of being in, in the verse that are contrasted with each other, they demonstrate the natural balance and the equilibrium of life, of nature, of the world, of the earth. That there is a time for everything. There is summer and winter. There is day and there is night. There is the time of planting, and then there's the time of harvesting. This balance is what the Tao has termed yin and yang. And as a mental construct, it's what we've turned into a binary or a duality of right and wrong and up and down and good and bad and straight and gay and, you know, all of those other ways that we have of looking at the world. And you can only go so far in one direction. You can only go so far away from the middle. You can only go so far from that natural equilibrium before you have to return to the center in some sense of the word and if you take more than what there is available something else must be taken something else must be destroyed or used up to balance out that consumption that happened elsewhere there's simply no sustainability if we continually take from the world if we continually continually take from other human beings without replenishing in some way, shape, or form, without recycling to protect the planet, without giving back to other human beings instead of the 0.01% having all of the power and income. See, when the ego only sees everything outside of itself as an object, then the value we place on those objects is how they will be of benefit to us and to us alone, exclusively for us, without concern for anyone else or anything. But if we see everything in the world as a subject in relation to ourselves, as important as us, a subject-subject relationship, then we come from a place of connection, compassion, and oneness. We would make dramatically different choices if our actions were to cause harm to another subject. Because then we would see, oh, if I do this, this is going to also harm me. This brings us to the final four lines of verse 29. The master sees things as they are without trying to control them. She lets them go their own way and resides at the center of the circle. So the circle is the place of equality, of equilibrium, of the, the the truth or simply the being of the natural world <clears throat> in the center there is no better than or more powerful than instead it, the center is the complete exposure and visibility For all to see from all sides, from all angles, a 360 degree viewing area, both from your point of view and the point of view of all the subjects looking into the center. That person at the center, the subject, must then be mindful that her actions can have visible and identifiable consequences when or if she tries to control what she perceives to be objects in her environment. And perhaps that's the the, the further wisdom of, of that line in the Tao here, that we can only control that what we believe to be an object. We don't have control over that which is a subject. In relation to us as a subject. So the COVID 19 pandemic is teaching us just how little control we actually have. And it's helping me to recognize that really it's our thoughts, our thinking brain, that is where we need to practice most how we're going to manage how we're going to respond in this moment now. So if you take this verse, verse 29 of the Tao Te Ching, and use it as a filter, as I've done, to understand what we are experiencing, what does it mean to you? What what? What might this verse mean to you about how the coronavirus is impacting society? And note that the virus itself isn't having the impact. It's our perception, our understanding, individually and collectively. What are you seeing revealed about yourself and society as we're forced to change our behaviors and our actions, like physical distancing of two meters social isolation, staying at home so that we can avoid becoming infected or infecting others. How people have either lost their jobs or lost a source of income and how we're having to manage our feelings and thoughts and words and actions when we don't feel that we have any control or when we feel like our freedoms have been taken away versus accepting what's best for our neighbors, our society, which is to say these measures of lockdown are best for society. And that that allows me to see the person two meters away from me as a subject as valid and valuable and important as me. I want to read some thoughts from Wayne Dyer, who Wrote a book called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And what he did is, over years, he read and reread and looked at all the translations of the Tao Te Ching. And he sat in reflection and meditation and then wrote two to four pages for each verse his thoughts, his understandings, and his suggestions on how to implement these ancient wisdoms into life. So on verse 29, he has this to say. Yes, there seems to be a time for such things, and I choose not to remain in extremes of resentment and anger. But there is also my desire to do something about these circumstances. That feeling is also a part of the natural law unfolding. I choose to act on my inner desire to rectify these conditions. By remaining internally peaceful and avoiding the extremes, I will impact the world in the same loving way that the Tao eternally manifests from love and kindness. Hmm by remaining internally peaceful and avoiding the extremes, that is something I am endeavoring to do for myself because this is uncharted territory. And very much what I'm doing right now is my desire to do something about these circumstances. My desire to act on my inner Desire to rectify these conditions by helping you, the listener, in how you think about what all of this means to you. So, when we see ourselves as one with the world, right now in this pandemic, especially, when we demonstrate a kind of self love that is a form of personal responsibility to respect the world and all its inhabitants as subjects and not objects when we see ourselves as residing at the center of the circle, we open ourselves up to loving kindness. And maybe this is exactly, this pandemic is exactly what we've needed in order to jump ahead so much more quickly than might have happened otherwise to create this kind of greater loving-kindness and understanding for each other as subjects and not objects and for understanding the world as something we really have to take care of because the alternative is not pretty and the pandemic is showing us what's not working, what's hurting, what's ugly, what's sick, what's broken, what's unjust and more and more people are beginning to see from the center of the circle with a new set of eyes or an awareness that's always been there. But because of how things were, we were all distracted by everything else from that central point of looking outwards from ourself, of looking outwards from that point of natural equilibrium. And I am not saying that this is going to be easy. The COVID-19 virus will do what it does. It is actually a part of the natural world. We can't control it per se. Like in the sense that the virus doesn't take any action based in ego. It simply is. But besides all of the medical technology and actions that we're taking more globally as a society to reduce the transmission, we have an opportunity to respond to the pandemic in a way that will improve how society relates and to change our behaviors and our actions in our attempts to control the world and other people. Literally, This could be a tipping point for humanity. And if you think of it like a seesaw, you know, it's a time for witnessing all of the harm we've caused the planet and other human beings with, you know, out-of-control aggressive capitalism, which may have been a good system for a time, but it's showing that it needs to change, it needs to evolve into something that focuses on humans first and not production first. It needs to focus on humans as as living beings without which there would be no possibility for creating. It can't see humans as an object. It can't see humans as a commodity of the system that is attempting to create wealth which is not sustainable because of how it will harm the planet and thus every living being on it. It's a tipping point for humanity because this unsustainable production of taking out of the earth and then in production creating a byproduct that is called pollution in various ways a tipping point for humanity in how we relate to the uniqueness in gender and sexual identity and just allowing that to be without dogma or religion or ideology of how we can see countries like India suffering where this pandemic is going to play out in ways that are going to seem horrible beyond belief because we are seeing such a lack of human dignity, which is a form of human rights. Globally as a society, if we don't walk far enough from what we have previously been doing towards how we need to behave we'll have lost the opportunity for profound social transformation and a better, kinder, more loving humanity, a subject-subject world. If you need some more help with understanding all of this, listen to the last two or three podcasts because this is my way of trying to quote-unquote rectify the situation and listen to, or, or, or rather I'll put in the show notes, what's out of your control right now, a link to an article that gives you a little bit of a teaser to a, a short mini-coaching program to really determine what's out of your control and what's in your control as a way of framing this situation right now. So that you can think in a way that helps you find some form of peace of mind in this time of incredible disruption, but also an opportunity for incredible learning, awareness, and personal evolution.